0: Drew's women are on deck, Dare to Dream is done, and Louie Nicolau is coming to Houston on today's TX Water Polo Podcast. An ocean between us, my love. I'm James Smith in Austin, Texas. Joe Linehan is in North Texas. Hi, Joe. James, what's going on? Yeah, what is going on? You were busy this weekend, apparently.
1: Yeah, I was down in Houston for the Dare to Dream tournament, which was great. We had 23 teams from throughout the state, and uh, last year we only had nine in one division of 12 and under mix this year we had 23 in three divisions including five 10 and under and five 12 and under girls
0: which was awesome yeah that's uh and what what you can compare that with is apparently that irvine was holding the same tournament right and they had the same number of teams and they even had fewer teams in northern california at their dare to dream version so again a big success especially like you said different teams they're not exact you know they're not like a the a and b teams from the same club that's very cool
1: yeah exactly i mean this was uh i mean you had teams from houston austin san antonio and also kind of north texas it was it was well represented, kind of from from throughout the state and um the white presidents did a great job of hosting uh locally and yeah and thank you so much to for to rudy thomas and scott slay for hosting at lamar high school but it was a I mean, all the, all the athletes and all of the parents had a tremendous
0: time. Good. Um, And you got to work on the new rules. So I I actually got that deck that USA water polo sent out recently about, you know, including video on how the new rules are going to take shape. Um, Apparently your dogs are reading the same thing right now, but uh, the. Th- those those have been super helpful and that and also just watching european championships at the same time to watch how they're implementing these rules so how did that go in houston with our with our young friends
1: well it was a little bit it's the first tournament of the season so you know it's new for athletes coaches and officials as well yeah yeah. so i mean yeah. it was um Your a lot of board very far from the european championships but you know really it, i mean yeah. yes and it was um <clears throat> It was new for uh, not just the athletes, coaches, but also the officials as well. So there was a little bit of getting used to it. Mm-hmm. Plus you have to throw in the, like the 12 and under uh, kind of modifications as well. Right. Which are so, what? um There's no direct shots outside right. of six meters now or, 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 or from the corner throw, but you still can pop the ball up and go in and shoot. So, Got it. Um, so that was, that was the difference right there is it was a little bit of confusion. Okay. Is that allowed or not allowed? And. Um, and everybody worked through it for the first part of kind of, kind of during the first couple of games on Saturday. But I think everybody got it. All the kids were popping the ball and getting it live. And everybody seemed to understand the rules by the end of the day on Saturday. So there was no rule issues on Sunday at all. That's great. Yeah. The, yeah. You
0: know, they're quick learners, especially when, you know, there's a turnover involved if they don't do this stuff. So, yeah, very good.
1: So, like, I mean, just the officials were having some good conversations, with, Oh, kind of whether it was amongst themselves or with me or even with the coaches. And the coaches were doing a great job at just kind of teaching the kids along the way. Because you can talk to them in practice and
0: prepare them a little bit. But until they actually play it, it's a little bit different. So Yeah. I practice tonight. we got to work on that stuff because um, I have a couple of kids who went to ODP and uh, I did not do a good enough job of schooling them beforehand, and they just couldn't remember that that's what you're supposed to do. So yeah, there's some work to be done.
1: But then the and then but then you have to throw in the fact that during the high school the upcoming high school season, I you know. go back to the five meter rules and Confusing. then no popping the ball up and yep. So I mean it's going to be like that, but we're hoping that the high school rules are going to be or the high school federation is going to adopt the new USA Water Polo rules. Um, kind of here they have some meetings in April. So we are so so. That's the hope. So it's going to be the high school and the USA Water rules are going to be the same. I don't know about the NCAA. That's a different beast entirely. Yeah. Um. But uh, I mean, it's 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 going to be a. I mean, I like the new rules. I don't think it really changes the game that much, but it does. And this is this is kind of this is the one thing I like about it is, it used to be extremely subjective. Oh yeah. When after a minor foul, the defense had a back off. Yeah. Then when can the athlete go and, or or kind of, or kind of, or when can the defender go and attack the offense again? Right. And yeah. And yeah. And play defense. Now it's extremely subjective. I mean, no, it's, it's more black and white to where once they pop the ball up, defense can go, go attack them and yeah. And yeah. And play on them. Now the subjective part is how long does the referee give that player to pop the ball up in the air. Is it going to be one or two seconds? Is it going to be a quote-unquote a reasonable amount of time or without the undue delay? delay. Yeah, So, I mean, there's a lot of different terms out there, but I do like how it is a lot more black and white. And I'm just telling people, you. I mean, like I know we've talked about the upcoming spin lob tournament. That's going to be on the opposite end of the spectrum. That's going to be closer to the European Championships to where it's going to be a bunch of adults in the water who think that they know everything. (laughs) And... It's going to be, they're going to be adjusting to the new rules kind of, kind of, kind of for the first time. And then we're going to have a bunch of referees that may or may not have kind of refereed the rules already. Um, Because there are a number of referees that have been kind of have been calling the new rules for over a year, but it's, 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 I mean, it's going to be an interesting dynamic in a couple of weeks at, at spin level as well, but you know, it's not that hard. It's just that, you know, it's just going to be, it's, it's on the clubs to kind of teach it to kind of prepare it and then, kind of during the first couple of events to to uh, really just kind of kind of focus on it. So, yeah, overall, it was great. Everybody worked really well together this. Yeah, this past weekend. And that's and that's what the dare, that's what the dare dream is about. Yeah, it's just getting everybody together. There's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of great sportsmanship. And it's and it's not just between the athletes and athletes, but it's also the coaches, coaches and the and the referees, coaches and this and the spectators, the parents, the yeah the parents kind of were up there talking back and forth. Everybody got along great, and it was a tremendous event for everybody. And I'm hey. glad that we're I'm I'm, I'm I'm glad that we're doing it. Again, we had nine teams last year, and we had 23 teams this year, and uh, and we just hope it's going to keep growing and growing and growing.
0: So. Right, and then and really, this is the age level that is going to grow the sport the most. And We've talked about it before, but UIL is going to be a driver for growth. I think we're both convinced of that. But just getting into these age groups that are including splashball from five to eleven, or five to ten, or whatever, and then these ten and under and twelve and under tournaments, those are the things that are going to really drive growth as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, just I mean, it probably wasn't even that long ago that a lot of players they wouldn't start water polo until their freshman year of high school. Yeah. Whether it was here or, or even in California. Um, and it, <clears throat> in for long term, st- yeah, stability of any club, you're going to have to get the younger kids. And it's not just the younger kids once. And then you just kind of, kind of, kind of follow that group until they're 18s and then have to go get another younger kids team. Yeah. No, you have to get the younger kids every year. And that's, and that's one thing I, I, I try to preach yeah, to All the clubs out there is, have feeder system programs, right? Have splash ball, have ten and under programs, have twelve and under programs. I mean, I mean, I spent the last couple of weeks prior to the dare to dream tournament of talking to the different clubs and putting people together and going, "How many ten and unders do you have? what well, you have three or four, and then this other team has three or four. Why don't y'all play together for kind of kind of for this tournament? And it was a great experience for everybody that played. So and that and our hope is that they go back and they tell all their buddies and the parents tell all of their friends that about how much fun it was and then they're going to get that many more out at the next tournament and then hopefully at at because this upcoming spring the USA water polo events are kind of strictly 8th grade and 6th grade and 4th grade and yeah and younger that <clears throat> that that they're going to have a lot more we're going to have a lot more clubs out at the tournaments a lot more athletes out at the tournaments and then all of a sudden instead of us barely kind of, kind of yeah just yeah just having one 12 and under girls team or two 12 12-under boys teams that we're actually gonna, be ha- yeah, gonna have to play it out to go to jo's eventually right and that's and that's and that's that's one of the reasons why we split the ngo quals this yeah this past year because we have a ton of 18s and 16 and under teams and our and our 14s and 12s are growing we had the most we've ever had this past summer but Probably only half the clubs actually, like, I think we had only four or five clubs that actually had the 14s or 12s this past summer, but we had 11 total clubs go to JOs. Right. So we have another six or seven clubs that can, yeah, 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 that can keep growing and enter those, uh, and and enter those younger age groups, which
0: I'm, which I'm excited about because I know all those clubs are trying to do that. Well, you'll be delighted to know. Splashball for my club starts February. In fact, I, I might actually advertise that next time we talk about it. So finally getting that off the ground. One of the reasons is that we outdoor pool, we got to get the pool covers off of the little kiddie, kiddie pool. But anyway, that's February. Um, one other item about uh, Dare to Dream was that uh, the format changed, right? I mean, the, it used to be championship. It was not championship this year. Uh, what was behind that decision?
1: Oh, I mean, it's just a Again, we just wanted to focus on the sportsmanship and the camaraderie, and everybody coming together and playing good quality games, and not worrying about oh we win and then we go play here. It, it was a little bit easier to schedule. It's easier for parents because here's your four games. Here's the times of your four games. Like it's like it's not like you have to play one game and yeah and then you have to wait.
0: That is helpful. So,
1: so um so overall it was great. Um I was a little concerned that I was going to have some issues. From parents or athletes or um, or coaches that were going to be concerned about oh kind of where's our medals and stuff like that but no I mean it was everybody kind of bought in everybody loved it it was I kind of made the schedule so I was able to kind of put the better teams against each other the newer teams against each other so that created a lot a lot of very good games out there right and that and then because they're good games everybody's competitive and everybody really just like 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 the level of enthusiasm just rises and all these kids are going to go back uh, like a little bit more confident. And that was the, and that was the main purpose of kind of, of kind of making that change. So. Right.
0: Okay. Um. Well, good. Well done. I, I think well, it's something we'll cover again, obviously a year from now, but uh, uh actually what we're going to do when we come back is the Austin college women's uh, varsity season is very close to being underway. I'm going to talk with coach Mark Lawrence about that. And then Joe and I will cover that as well in the last segment. In many podcasts, this time
1: would be filled with ads for electric toothbrushes or recruiting services. Not here. Instead, we're asking you to show your support for TX Water Polo by donating to it. Go to txwaterpolo.com donate and help us continue covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State.
2: Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr and when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX water Polo podcast.
0: That's above and beyond the call of I'm in my favorite Ruse Water Polo hoodies just so that I can talk with Head Coach Mark Lawrence. How are you, Mark?
2: Good, good, James. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, the NCA season is already underway, so it's time to check in, and we can. And I'm looking forward to talking about your first weekend, which is going to be a very challenging one. But first. Everyone in the audience has one question for you, which is, how's the puppy?
2: Oh, dude, he's doing awesome. He's uh, 16 weeks old today, and he's 45 pounds. (laughs) How's your house? What's that? Um, How's your— The uh, house is doing really really well. Okay.
0: So the dog has not gone gone on to destroy, like, half of your furniture or anything like that.
2: No, no. He's been pretty good so far. I don't want to jinx it, but he's been pretty (laughs) good. So, yeah.
0: Does the dog get to come to practice?
2: Uh, he he does starting this weekend um, when he gets his 16 week old uh, shots.
0: Perfect.
2: So yeah,
0: your team will not be distracted by that cute dog at all. That'll be just fine. No,
2: absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. So excellent. all professional focus
0: <laughs> we'll be checking in about that and other stuff uh but uh, so there a lot of games took place this last weekend at the division one level mainly but your first game is on friday the 31st and of course you start off with that super easy game brown like <laughs> a very challenging team is that is that uh was that scheduled by design because i know you're part of the bruno classic tournament was uh, your game against yeah. brown sort of to start got it
2: yeah absolutely uh you know we we uh we have a great uh, professional uh, professional relationship with uh brown and, and their program obviously uh they, they you know they've already been out to Austin college and, right. and things of that nature so we um we uh are excited to start our season off playing against them and uh kind of get the get an idea of uh where where we are at uh, and what we want to build into and kind of how we stack up, you know, they're a really great program, really strong program as are all five opponents that weekend. So um, it's going to be a great weekend just to see where we, where we stand for right now, where we need to be in uh, mid, mid April. So.
0: And you couldn't pick probably a better facility on the, on the East coast. Uh, that, that's a great place to start your season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: so Claremont-Modt-Scripps is your next game that Friday, followed by Siena. Um, Claremont is a team that you could theoretically meet in Division Three championships, actually. Um, Siena, not so much. They're going through a bit of a change in, in leadership. Bucknell, it's always strong. And then a curious game on Sunday, which is against LIU, which is a brand-new program that um, uh, has gotten sort of um, accolades for recruiting some pretty good players so far. What are you, what are you looking for amongst the Siena, Bucknell, and uh, LIU games?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Bucknell, you know, to start with them, they're a program, you know, we see them more or me in my personal career. I've seen them more on the men's side. But um, I mean, they're they're very well coached. Their coaching staff is one one of the best. Um, Their women's program is always very good coming off a really good year. So that game like the Brown game is going to be challenging uh, for sure. Um, Kind of a benchmark to see where we're at uh, skill wise and chemistry wise with our team. And uh just kind of you know, get in there and compete and see see how we do. Um, with uh, Long Island and Siena, I mean, they're both Division One programs with uh, scholarships. Uh, Long Island has a really good uh, roster for a first year program. So we're expecting that to be a really tough game, and um, both programs to be really tough games. Okay. So uh, we're overall, we're excited for the weekend. Um, you know, we're very hopeful of com- coming home with a with a couple of wins, but uh, we also have five really tough games. So it'll right. be a great a great, uh, launching point for the year. So.
0: Right. And that speaks also to what you've been doing for the last couple of weeks. I mean, the, you're, you're, I think you had a bit of a unique training situation this, uh, into you know, this winter prior to the season. What, what can you tell us about how things have gone so far?
2: Yeah. So we had, we had a really good fall camp, um, late in the fall where we worked on uh, a lot of our team concepts with our freshmen and it was a unique change. Uh, last year, with only roughly uh, nine field players, eight most of the time with girls being banged up and injured, uh, it was always hard to scrimmage, right? So right. we had lots of uh, situational shooting drills where we had to use our imagination on how they apply to a six-on-six. So this this fall was great. Like, we have 16 women, um, 17 if you, we have one injured player, unfortunately. But uh, we have 16 healthy bodies in the water. So being able to uh, go full scrimmage every single day and and, and apply... Um, concepts and stuff, and not have to kind of imagine, uh, is a is is a phenomenal change for this year. So we had a really great fall camp. Um, we're actually starting this weekend with with training. So mm. with our official team training, uh, right. With our new Division three Final Four uh, this year, since it's an USA Warplow event and not NCAA, uh, the weeks in between our championship and the Final Four, if we're fortunate enough to uh, qualify for it they actually count against our, uh, total weeks for the entire season.
0: Got it. So
2: with those counting towards our, 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 our limited weeks, uh, we had to push our start back a little bit. And this was something that we found out after the schedule was made. So, um, if we had originally started in early January, like we had hoped, I feel really confident we'd come home for this weekend with, you know, three or four wins, um, starting this weekend and having four or five days before we compete, um, you know, I don't know if it changes it, uh, a whole lot. I mean, we're still very confident in what we're able to do, but, uh, it definitely, you know, limits what, what we could do prior to this weekend. So, so you know, is prior the, to the first competition,
0: right? Is, is then this weekend just nothing but training you're going doubles or something like that?
2: Yeah. So we're, we're fitting in, um, uh, some, some huge training blocks this, this weekend. Uh, next week we have, um, some pretty big, big training blocks, trying to max out our uh, our uh, allowed hours, you know, mm-hmm. with, within the week, and then we're off to uh, Providence. So, but our uh, women are, you know, we have a great group of young women who are very self-motivated. So, they definitely stayed in shape after the fall. They're very committed to uh, the weight room and uh, staying healthy and staying, staying fit. So, um, having to push the season back really hasn't been too much of a challenge.
0: That's excellent. Yeah, I, I got insider information from uh, one of my people up there, <laughs> so I, I know that they've been training uh, on their own, which is a uh, very good news. All right, so, um, so. Let's talk about division three national championships. You know, you we there. I was joking with Joe on this podcast a couple of weeks ago that I have you penciled in as not only the hosts, but participant at, uh, at, and, at the uh, division three championships, but, um, to be, you know, what, what are your genuine goals in that regard? I'm assuming that you think that you can probably get one of those spots.
2: Yeah. I mean, we're really hopeful. We had a really great season last year, finishing second in our conference. Um, but a lot of that success came with also surprising teams. Um, I don't know if much was expected out of a first year program and I think um, well I know for sure that first weekend that we showed up, we caught teams off guard for sure you know mm. um, And then after we caught teams off guard because they weren't sure what to expect, um, it, it was a pretty small window to, to make adjustments and try to try to, to make changes uh, once you're already halfway through, through your season. So I think last year a lot of our success came with um, catching teams off, off guard. Uh, this year, we're definitely not going to catch anyone off guard. You know, we're going to come in every single conference weekend, and we know we're going to get everyone's best shot every single game. So, we'll 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 see how it kind of plays out. Um, we're we're very confident in what our ability is. Um, you know, and the, but the reality is that our conference has the former Michigan head coach, the former Indiana head <laughs> coach, the former George Washington head coach. Um, we have some great experienced coaches and some great young coaches in our conference um so you know the teams we're going to play against going to be very well coached and uh we'll kind of have to take it game by game but uh, our first and um, our our first goal is our brown weekend you know for the season we're taking every weekend kind of step by step and um we we're on the brown first and then we go to california so we'll kind of see where we're at when we get back from california looking forward to conference but you know top two teams from the conference will qualify and um, we at the very least we expect to be in a spot to compete for one of those spots. So,
0: and, and and the qualifying tournament is in mid-april, is that right?
2: Yeah, so it's so the weekend of April seventeenth through April 19th. so okay. and the way the way it works is um, this year the winner of the SkyA will host and then next year the winner of the CWPA will host the final four. so it's going to alternate every other year uh per conference champions so hopefully in spring of uh, 21 we might be hosting um the d3 final four in texas so that'll yeah. be very exciting so i have that on my calendar lot, there's a lot to do from now until then so we'll worry about this first trip uh for right now so
0: um you speak to something though that's pretty interesting right so last year you're essentially a freshman team and yes you surprise some people out of the gate so this year you may not surprise them so much about having a skill set but you have a cohort that's now uh, a season more experienced and then an influx of new talent that they've never seen before is that somehow are, are you looking
2: for that to be an advantage against some of these teams maybe uh, yeah, for sure. I, I think this year, what I'm really excited about is the depth that our women's team is uh, going to have. You know, I, I'm, I'm really excited about that. We um, we return our entire roster except for one freshman from last year. Um, and then, so we bring back eight of our nine freshmen from last year's class as far as field players go. We brought back our goalie from last year. So uh, we had four girls make conference honors last year and all four of them are back this year. Um, right. And then on top of that, we have a freshman class, including one transfer, that is equally as talented as our class was last year. So we're really excited. Um, I think this year we're not going to surprise people necessarily, but I think we'll we'll create a difficult challenges for teams to match our depth within our conference play. Um, as we look at our roster and we look at you know our hypothetical one through fourteen as far as the field players go, um, there's there's pretty little separation. So we're going to be able to go you know, sub three and sub six and go really deep in every game. And, um, so I think this year we're going to have to balance out, not surprising people with, you know, giving them a challenge of trying to match our depth, you know, right. within conference play. so, so we're really excited about that. And then our freshman class coming in next fall, uh, might be our, our strongest. It's, it, it, it's essentially done with the exception of a uh, goalie that we're still working on. Mm. And, um, it might be the strongest, the strongest class, uh, to this point, when it's all said and done, so we're really excited for this season and then what the future is is, is going to hold. So
0: right, that's uh, among the most exciting things actually to think about because uh, you know I'm I'm older, so my my perceptions of these seasons is not like it was when I played. You know, it's just it's like one one endless season followed by another, and now it's just like I'm I'm ready for next year already. Like I'm thinking about yeah. what your incoming class is going to look like and the rest of the conference is going to look like and all that. It's very exciting.
2: Yeah, and it, 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 it's really great. Like, um, you know, our conference has a lot of programs that are rebuilding um, or, or developing. You know, they have a, we have a couple of new programs in our conference, uh, not just us. Um, but I think the one thing that gets overlooked in our conference is that our conference has phenomenal coaches as far as experienced coaches um, or as, as far as young and like upcoming coaches. So we're really excited for what the future, not only of our program, but of uh, what our uh, conference future is. Um, you know with 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 the coaching staff that we have and we secretly have a lot of really nice pools in our conference which <laughs> is uh i would say more quality pools than some of the division one conferences so yeah. uh so yeah so what the, so what the future holds is really really great so
0: well speaking of quality pools the the natatorium on campus is going to be hosting a game on march 19 against uh yeah. vmi what do you expect at that at that game at that weekend basically
2: uh, I, I mean, we haven't looked we haven't looked uh, that far ahead too much yet, besides just sheer excitement of having a game on campus. Right. But I fully expect our women to play at that point the best game of, of the season, um, if not the best game of our program um, to that point, just because it's going to be their first home, their first official varsity home game. Uh, last year we had uh, Texas uh, eight a&m um up here as a club program mm-hmm. but um to have a varsity program here a d1 varsity program that was actually ranked just two seasons ago right. um, on campus i think the sheer excitement level that our uh, women will have is going to drive them to play a, a great game so we um we definitely welcome them to uh sherman and we expect to uh greet them with a very hard fought <laughs> game and be, be in a position to uh, win when it's all said and done. So. And,
0: a, and a very noisy one, if uh, if uh, my recollection of in there, yeah.
2: Extremely noisy. Our auditorium uh, our is not pretty, but it gets very loud uh, to our benefit. And uh, I would say in a very short time, we've created one of the better home game environments uh, within College of So,
0: yeah, not only home game, but uh, I fully expect to see twi- tweets aplenty from Brown when you guys hit the ground there. You have some of the most uh, active parent groups, I think, of any team that I've seen.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it's easy to say that we travel as well as uh, any uh, D1 program. You know, we our men being at MPSF, like we went to Cal this year and USC last year. And we had as big of a fan base as, um, you know, some of the schools that were not, not the home team, right? So, right. um You know, we're really excited about that. And uh, the women's team is no different from the men's. Uh, We we get our our our, our pool gets packed. Um, The stands are pretty full when we travel. So it's 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 pretty great. So
0: um, we'll wrap up here, but a, a quick uh, couple questions, maybe. I don't know how much you've been observing the season as it began last week. We all know it's an Olympic year. Um, there's a piece by Michael Rondazzo who's a colleague of mine on swimming world about the first weekend to play in the women's side. And it was, it's already been marked by some, what you would call upsets in normal years, but maybe not so much during an Olympic year when all of that talent is just basically off campus. But We've got UC Santa Barbara beats UCLA. My mighty Tritons of UC San Diego beat Cal for the first time ever. Michigan beat – and then Michigan turned around and beat Santa Barbara, and UCL, uh, UCI uh, uh, beat yeah. Cal as well. Anything a surprise to you, really?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I think any any time that the big four gets knocked off, it's a, it, it's a surprise. Um, not, not like a jaw-dropping surprise because these programs are obviously – very well coached and have are very talented. So it's not necessarily like like a shock, but I think anytime when the big four goes down um, is, uh, is a surprise for sure. Um, But I mean, these teams are really talented. Like, you you know, you you mentioned a a couple of them with UC San Diego, UC Santa Barbara, Michigan, uh, Hawaii, you know, these teams every single year are as good as the top tier program. So um, I think it makes for a very exciting season as we move forward. And uh, it was really great to see, um, you know, it's it's always great to see non-California teams from the Midwest and the East Coast go out there and do really well. You know, so seeing Mich- Michigan with that win was great. And, uh, you know, it's it's good for the sport. So.
0: I totally agree. And that's coming from two uh, native Californians. So there you go. That's the, I, That's Absolutely, nothing but good yeah. news. Yep, exactly. All right. Well, Mark, good luck. We'll be in touch with you maybe right after your tournament in, at Brown, but we uh, obviously wish you the best of luck, and uh, we'll speak with you soon.
2: Thanks, James. Have a great day.
0: You too.
1: Hey, this is Jesse Smith, recent Pan Am gold medalist. I was just checking out Texas Water Polo from the TX Water Polo Podcast. Also, you can check out the website. You can follow me at now. Thanks, guys. James
0: and Joe finishing out the show for today. Um, after our conversation with Mark Lawrence, the women's NCAA season has already started. Um, the Division Three schools don't tend to have started yet, but um, Austin College get, begins their first uh, or, or, or is it, their first game is against Brown on the 31st. But um, one thing just about the season overall um, is that uh, this weekend already provided a bunch of upsets, which are uh, were you know it sort of mirrors what happened during the men's season. Um, Santa Barbara beat Cal. And then it turned out that, uh, you know, Michigan also, you know, beat um, uh, uh, UC Santa Barbara and Cal State Northridge, um, but lost to Cal and UC Irvine. So it's, we're off to a pretty good start as far, if if we're looking for a little more parity at this level.
1: Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, to see how the Austin College team does this spring. And I mean, I think uh, Mark is, yeah, is, is kind of full of confidence for the upcoming season, as he should be. I think they had what nine, nine freshmen last year, and uh, they have about 15 or so girls kind of coming back this year, including the nine freshmen plus the incoming recruits. Yeah. So I think uh, watch out for the like the CWPA
0: Division three teams out there, because Austin, like Austin College is going to be coming loaded and ready to go. I think the aim is uh, for both uh, Mark and for us, right? Is uh, is Division three championships? That would be uh, that would be remarkable after two years of uh, of existence, really. So, but and toward that end, man, they did not uh, skimp on the schedule. They're playing Brown for their first game, then other D one schools: Siena, Bucknell, the new program uh, at L I U in Brooklyn, Monterey Bay, Sonoma, East Bay. I mean, it, it's uh, it's a pretty packed schedule. Uh, not to mention their conference play, which uh, they have they were challenged in that last year, but uh, but ended up coming out second.
1: yeah, and then you can't forget they're gonna have a home game on yeah. Thursday, March nineteenth.
0: So everybody bathtub. put that
1: on their calendar. Yeah, uh, that's the Virginia military uh, um, institute is coming, and that'll be at five thirty p m on Thursday, March nineteenth. So put that on your calendar and come on out and kind of cheer on the Roos. I'm sure that's gonna be at their home at their home pool. And it, it's going to be—it gets loud in there. So i am <laughs> i i am i am i am looking forward to going up there and watching that game. And I guarantee it's going to be loud. It's going to be their only home game of the year, as far as I know. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it's going to be great.
0: Yeah, they draw a bunch of people, for, obviously from uh, from campus who haven't real don't get a chance to see the sport very often. And then, like you're saying in a previous podcast, you got uh, people traveling from all over the state to go check out these games, which is great. Um, and if you haven't been before, then you'll see what Joe's talking about. The walls are basically right on top of you, and there, there's not a whole lot of stands, and the noise just reverberates in that place. Even if you're there during practice and there's no one in the stands, man, it gets noisy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it yeah it yeah it's gonna be great. Um, I am I am looking forward to it, and, and my hope is, you know, that they're gonna continue their success up there with Mark and his program. And I do know that there's some other schools in the in yeah in Texas that are that are actively looking because of the whole because the UIL thing kind of coupled with the Austin College uh, success, yeah, they're, they're looking at, and I know that Austin College really wants some other schools to add just so they can have a little bit more local competition. Absolutely. And um, and we're, and, yeah, and there's a lot of people out there that are talking to these people and trying to help them out. It's just, it's a slow process. A lot of people don't understand, it's, it's not just, okay, we're gonna have Waterfall, yeah. and then we're gonna start next year. No, it's gonna be okay. We have to plan, then, then we have to budget, And then and then the questions have to be asked, how are how are we going to play games? Right. So it's I mean, I have a feeling that there's not just going to be one or two schools that at a time, it's going to be four or five schools just so they can have a conference.
0: Well, th- and then the, they have people
1: to play locally.
0: So. Yeah, and Austin College has basically helped them. The learning curve is a little shorter because they've experienced doing all of that already. Who, who do you play? Where do you go? And if there are teams in Texas, and you, I hope you're listening, Southwestern College in uh, in Georgetown, because that's that's the next place. Right, Joe? No. No. Yeah. Uh, no comment. I don't no know. comment. I, it'll be fun one day, Joe, because you'll be able to talk about the, the, the schools that you knew were, were considering it. But uh, obviously, hush, hush until then. But mm-hmm. those teams have a, th- those programs, those athletic directors have a program to mimic if they want to if they want to add the sport.
1: Exactly. But it's uh, like like I, I think I just said it. it's going to take some time because you, because first you need to then like kind of. Yeah, you have to plan it. Then you have to hire a coach. And then you have to give them time to recruit. So you can't just hire a coach
0: in April and say we're starting in September. Well, Mount St. Mary's apparently just did that. There's a little school in the middle of Maryland that just added water polo and are starting this fall. Right. Isn't that, they are, isn't that correct?
1: They, they are doing that. That is, that is true. Wild. But that is that is going to be tough because they're going to have to get a whole bunch of recruits that maybe haven't uh, decided. It's going to be a whole lot of local kids from Maryland and Pennsylvania. Um, and then they're going to have to get a lot of junior college kids to kind of transfer in. But that's a unique situation. Most people, to give you an example, um, uh, Mark Lawrence up at um, up in Austin College, yeah, was hired almost a year and a half uh, before they even played their first game.
0: And they played a club season too, yeah.
1: Exactly, and so that gave them time to recruit and establish the program and get out there and. And that's also that's one of the reasons why he was able to have, I believe, what, 10, 11 girls. Yeah. And about um I think he had what, 19, 20 boys, his first recruiting class. Yeah. As opposed to rushed. And yeah. And just in uh, just trying to make it right. So Austin College kind of did it right, but they had time time to do it right. Um, I, and I think you're completely right. A lot of these schools can use Austin College as a blueprint. And then the process is going to get sped up a little bit they're they, they, like they may not have to. Kind of do a year as club. They may do just go straight into varsity. But uh, but uh, my hope here is, you know, within a couple of years that we have a Texas-based varsity NCAA conference for both men and women. That would be sweet. That so would be really good. It, yeah, it yeah it yeah it's going to be a lot of fun. And talking about colleges,
0: uh, Louis Nikolau is coming down to um, Houston. Yeah, he's, for a uh, clinic. Yeah, um, Tri- Triumph is hosting them uh, or him on February first at uh, Clear Springs High School. Um, I'm probably gonna send my kids to that thing.
1: Yeah, just if you're out there and, and you're warning, just contact Jeff Otten at Triumph Aquatics and he can give you more information on it. But um, it's gonna be for high school and um, and middle school kids. I think there is a limit for the number of kids that can be part of it. So I would contact them sooner rather than later. That's only a week and a half away. Yeah. But uh, for those that don't know, Louis Niclau is the head coach at the U.S. Naval Academy. He actually graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy back in the late '80s. Yeah. And um and he was an All American there. And then he actually coached Princeton for what 20 years. Yeah. And he was very yep. successful on both the men's and, and, men's and women's side. And yeah. then he and then he heard the call to come back home and yeah and kind of, and kind of redo the Navy program that had kind of fallen on some hard times there for a couple of years after Mike Schofield left. Yeah. And um, so, and kind of Louie's doing a great job there. They're, they were a lot more competitive this past uh, fall and Louis is a great
0: guy and even a better coach. So where did he go to high school? Do you know? No. Bellarmine prep, Bay area guy. So yeah, I it, there you He's go. older than me. We didn't play against all area, about
1: right? California, James, all about no, no. California. It's, it's there all you about go. me. This, this is the me. TX Water Polo podcast
0: who, here. Who Come are on. the teams that I played against? That's what's, what the, the people want to hear. It was a, you know, Wilson Bellerman. That was a huge rivalry. So, yeah. In
1: February 1st, uh, Louis Nicklau, the head coach for the U.S. Naval Academy, is going to be doing a clinic in Houston, Texas at, at I believe you say, Clear Springs High School. It's going to be hosted by Triumph Aquatics. So, contact Jeff Otten at Triumph and he can get you more details. I've never been to Clear Springs. Is that a good pool? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a all it's a it's an all deep 8 lane pool that's right. about about 25 yards. So it's perfect it's perfect for the clinic type setting.
0: Cool. Um a couple other things are coming up uh spin lob we talked about that quite a bit, but uh, what are there any updates about any n- no new teams have entered, right? The the field is no. set. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: the field's set, the tournament's set. It's going to be of, you know, February 1st and 2nd at the UT Swim Center. Games start at 11:30 and it's going to go to about 8:30 on Saturday and start at, at 7 a.m. and go to about 3:30 on Sunday. So if you're in the Austin area and then you want to come and see some really high-level water polo with some former national team players and some former, uh, yeah, like Olympic athletes
0: yeah.
1: on both the men's and women's side, it's going to be some very high-level water polo. Um, just kind of, kind of come on out. There is no admission, so just kind of come on out and enjoy. So. Oh, again, I did at the UT Center. No that's really good. The UT uh, Center. It's gonna be uh was it uh kind of February first and second. So yeah,
0: okay. Um Cowtown Rodeo, that new club up in Fort Worth is uh hosting again this spring after having hosted something in the fall. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh that's that is
1: that is February eighth and ninth. And then the Thunder Spring invite uh is going to be that's going to be for only the 8th grade and 6th grade and the 4th grade and under kids because that's because right. that's after high school season starts yeah um that'll be in Southlake um that's that's being hosted by Thunder and that's uh what February 29th and March 1st so that, okay. that'll be good, and that, I think that's the same
0: weekend that uh, that uh, that you're gonna be out at ODP Nationals, right? That's exactly right. Yep. We're, that if there's something that's taken up my time for the past couple of weeks, it's the logistics for planning for that. Um, just yeah. just like before Utah, you know all this stuff, but yeah, that's it's a pretty um, pretty intense time and to get everybody all arranged and set and ready to go to Riverside.
1: Oh, yeah, it's not it. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy The like the parents and athletes think that you just show up and coach. Right. So, yeah, yeah.
0: which is uh, actually uh, my, might be the my my least skilled part is uh, is actual X's and O's. But um, oh, and if you do want one of the special Southwest Zone ODP T-shirts, you can go find it. It's on uh, ODP SWP, Wait, ODP dot WordPress dot com. The only thing is it's not going to get shipped to your house if you order it. It's going to be in Louisville when we're training on the 16th of February. So but they're super cheap. So um, go check that out. Support the zone. um, And uh, yeah, we'll hopefully see you in Louisville picking that thing up. And
1: also, good luck to all those um, high school swimmers. The like, we're in the middle of the of the high school championship swim season. A lot of districts had their, are kind of like, a lot of districts in North Texas had their district championships this past weekend. A lot of districts in Houston are having their swim championships this upcoming weekend. Region championships are January 31st and February 1st for both, like, throughout the state. And then the state uh, championships are in the middle of February, and then we go right into high school water polo season, which is exciting. So. I'm,
0: I'm- I'm pleased for all those swimmers, and I'm delighted that the season is coming to an end. There, that's my Mm -hmm. editorial. And then the Women's ODP National Championship is going to be happening in the middle of March, too. Awesome. It's okay. also in Riverside, right? So Also in Riverside. Good, Riverside, yeah. yeah. Good times. <laughs> uh, we, we both have stories about Riverside, so it's, cool. it's pretty funny. Okay. All right, that's it. We're done. So uh, go to TXWaterPolo.com to listen to the podcast. Find us on social media, leave comments, and uh, those kinds of things. Um, but today we are done. And, Joe, thank you very much. All right, James. Uh, take care. Two. Thanks to all of you for listening and for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. And until next week, so long from Austin.